Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Good morning and welcome to 106.7 The Fan. I am Ben Standig. Pleasure to be with you this morning until noon here on this, you know, it's a little chilly Saturday morning, but sun's out. It could be, could be much, much worse. Uh, excited to be here with everybody. I uh, cover the Commanders for The Athletic, which means that I was in Indianapolis all week for the NFL Combine, got back Thursday night, and I've got bunch of uh, stories and details to share with you throughout the show. We'll, we'll touch on other things, of course, but, you know, I presume most people are coming, uh, tuning their dial to 106.7 The Fan, listening on the uh, always free Odyssey app. If they see it's me, they want to hear about the commanders. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fulfill that uh, th- that void that, that you've got there. Um, we'll have plenty of guests. I'll share who's on the show today. In a few minutes, uh, Caitlin is uh, here as well. She's going to keep me on track. At least she'll try her best to do that. Um, I I did want to just share, though, this from the Combine. You ever have those those deals where, look, we all complain about our jobs, about work. Not even so much maybe it's not that we don't like it. It's just like, well, I think maybe we could do something different or to your bosses or have you considered this? And you hope you do it in a way that, you know, doesn't get you fired, right? That that's kind of the kind of the goal on some level. So I had a moment like this while at the combine, and it was like a really, really good version of, of this. So the athletic uses the combine to have a essentially a vertical meeting. So everybody from the NFL vertical, all the writers, all the editors, the bosses, and the people who tangentially help us, whether it's on the podcast or our internal analytics or whatever it might be, uh, the even higher up bosses show up and we used this opportunity to get together to discuss basically, you know, the, the company and where things are going forward and what's working and all that stuff. You know, The Athletic is a weird company in this regard. A typical newspaper is obviously going to be in the local city, right? So everybody is there. Even if you don't go into the newsroom often, you're in the same vicinity, you could pop in whenever. 
Well, that's not really an option for the athletic. I mean, I'm here in D.C. covering the commanders, and there are people covering the Ravens and the Rams and the Seahawks and the Chiefs, and they're all over the place. So we're not – same goes for the editors as well. So this is why this is a good opportunity to get together and have everybody share ideas, you know, hear, you know, talk out different situations and so on. And it was at one point we were having one of these discussions and about sort of uh, uh, articles that we, that we get assigned to do occasionally as opposed to just, you know, pick and choose what we want to do and the workflow and things like that. And we were having some different conversations about this. And at one point, I'm not really a, a, a talker in the group meetings. I just prefer to let other people come up with the smart ideas and I'll just sit there and, you know, nod my head or you know, silently mock them. <laughs> right. Okay. So at one point though, I felt compelled to say, Hey, I just want to note that like, I understand from the editor's perspective that it's easier to come up with one's plan fits all from their perspective. I get it. But you know, not every beat is, is the same. And and I said in a non-complaining way, I happen to cover the busiest team ever. There is never a shortage of story ideas for the Washington Commanders. It's it's and it's not just little stories. It's five alarm fire store five alarm uh, fire stories at all times. And I tried to articulate this point, and you know, it was like, well, you know, I we hear you this that and the other, but there's things we need to get done. And okay, now if you're an NFL reporter, I don't know how many of you are on Twitter, and even if you are on Twitter, you may not have uh, you may not use your notifications button, though. You know, if you want to. Do that with me at Ben Standig on Twitter, then you'll never miss my tweets for better or for worse. So everybody who, though, is an NFL writer, you always pretty much have people on your local beat on notifications, along with the national insiders, your Adam Schefters of the world, right? Because that's where the when the news comes, you need to be on top of it. So in a room full of, of NFL reporters, everybody's phones are going off at the same time when these national insiders are tweeting things. So not five minutes after I said, hey, you know, I'm always, it's always kind of busy around here. Adam Schefter tweets that the commanders have released Bobby McCain. Solid defensive back, two-year starter. It's not something I have to write a breaking headline news on, but it's news. It, it is a notable person who's been released. What are the ramifications from a salary cap perspective, from a depth chart perspective? I've got to get this confirmed. So... Anyway, as I said, everybody is getting this notification on their phones. And then I, they all see me having just said this thing, you know, this beat is never quiet, having to immediately get into the mode of I got to confirm it. And, you know, you could probably see the the, 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 the the look on my face like, oh, boy, here we go. So I take care of that. Not not the world's biggest deal. Meeting ends not not long after. And about an hour later, the commanders officially announced McCain's been released and Carson Wentz. Now, we all knew Carson Wentz was going to be released, but still, he's a big name, and not everybody's paying attention to all things commanders at all times. So for for some people, it feels like it's a, you know, oh, wow, Carson Wentz just got cut. You know, you still have to, you know, go through that. Now I have to help the news desk, uh, our news desk, write a story about this, right? Got to, you know, put out some thoughts on Twitter about this. Okay, still, we're, we're still hanging in there. It's not the world's biggest deal. Now, mind you, the day before all of this, or, or 36 hours before, myself and one of my colleagues at The Athletic, Dan Kaplan, put up a story on The Athletic about how Dan Snyder is effectively shutting out or barring Jeff Bezos from bidding on the commanders. So that was from the bigger picture perspective. That news was already out there. 
So that night, Monday night, the athletic, we have uh, after the meetings, we have a get together, you know, a little, little, little catered event, some, uh, some chicken quesadillas, some chicken wings, um, you know, mini you know, sliders, uh, open bar. Okay. All these kinds of, all these kinds of things. And while they're trying to, Hey, I haven't seen you in a while. What's going on. Can you believe this? What about that? My colleague who, um, who helped me write the Jeff Bezos story says, Hey, did you see the Washington post has a new article out? I'm like, okay. So he, he notes to me that they confirmed the Jeff Bezos aspect of it, that he's not being allowed to bid right now. But then they had a lot more details about Dan Snyder and the NFL and the discussions there about, um, about his potentially selling the Dan Snyder, according to their reporting wants protection. Should he sell it for any future, lawsuits or issues that may come up regarding his uh ownership uh of this uh of this franchise and you know the nfl doesn't seem to be particularly thrilled about that and so this is now a new story and i actually think this is of all the news that's come out lately i think this is the one that is the most interesting but anyway this is now we're interrupting the happy hour aspect of it all not some it's less happy now all of a sudden but okay we we, we move forward go out Part of the NFL Combine is a social scene. You're seeing all the different people from around the league, uh, other writers, uh, you know, other people in the media. Uh, coaches are there. You know, I see Sean Payton is uh, is walking around. Uh, various commanders people are around. Uh, at one point, Roger Goodell I saw walk into the sports bar off, off the main lobby of the hotel that everybody kind of congregates at. All these types of things. But I'm playing. I'm, I'm like being a good guy. I'm like, okay, you know what? Not going to stay out too late tonight. So I called. I called. Uh, I called about midnight. Go up to my hotel room. Now, mind you, you wouldn't know this, but I'll just share this with you. I've had. It's not insomnia, but I've been struggling to sleep. I can't sleep for more than like three hours at a time. I just wake myself up. I can see Caitlin's like, dude, this this is maybe TMI, but okay. So all right. So this is the deal. I wake up all the time. I eventually fall back asleep. But I wake up all the time. And because I'm addicted to my phone and Twitter, I'm just being honest again, I, I wake up, it's like, I look at my phone, it's like 3.35 or so. I pick up the phone, I look at the, see the time, and I'm like, well, I got to look at Twitter. Now, what are the odds in between 12 and like 3.35 that anything has happened that I would care about? Now, more news does tend to come out during these, during these weeks like the Combine, but okay, still. I look at my phone. Two minutes prior, Adam Schefter tweets, Deron Payne has been given the franchise tag. This is 3.35 in the morning. Now, granted, I had already reported about six days earlier that this was going to happen. I think we talked about it here last week before I went to the combine. So it's not surprising that it did happen. But nonetheless, when it happens, you still have to like react to it in some capacity, even though, you know, everybody on my news, even everybody I would work with is either asleep right now or I don't know what they're doing, but everybody's like, you know, in Indianapolis and I'm just, but now I'm up. Now I'm thinking about it. Okay. So Deron Payne, I somehow get this confirmed at nine or sorry, at three 30 something in the morning, but now there's, there's a bit of shot of adrenaline. So I'm up for a little bit while trying to figure out what are the next steps when I wake up for real, what do I need to do? So I go back to sleep. I wake up like two and a half hours later and about 15 minutes after that, here comes the ESPN report that uh, Dan Snyder took out apparently a $55 million secret loan unbeknownst to his former minority partners, and they weren't happy about it. 
they weren't happy that he did it. They weren't happy that Bank of America gave him the loan, even though, according to uh, the process, the these minority partners had to have signed off on this loan. They didn't even apparently know anything about it. And Roger Goodell helped facilitate this in, in, in a variety of ways. We uh, kind of had a sense that something might be coming, but you don't know the details. Well, now this is a lot of details. Again, it's not even 8 o'clock in the morning. So then at 8 o'clock, the commanders make the Jerron Payne tag official. Get a little bit of respite, get some coffee in. But then around 11 o'clock, here comes the commanders making an announcement that we have adjusted uh, our coaching staff. We've added Tavita Pritchard, former OC at Stanford. He's now the new quarterback coach. And we've reshuffled some other people who are already on staff. At noon, Ron Rivera is supposed to talk at the podium at the combine. It's delayed a few minutes. He talks till about twelve fifteen. He starts at about twelve fifteen, and goes through his some of his details. We'll talk a little bit more about what Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew had to say during the show. And he talks, and I wouldn't say there was any breaking news, but there was some conversation starters, including some people thinking that he's now sort of backtracking a bit on what he's saying about Sam Howe being the starting quarterback on this team. And it's a a game of telephone that kind of went awry. And my point is to say that from that point on, anytime I saw any of my colleagues, the athletic, even some of the bosses, they all kind of looked at me like, yeah, you call that one. (laughs) It's one thing to everybody to understand that I, this is a crazy beat, but to actually see it in real time unfold was quite the moment. So I wouldn't say I called my shot. But I would say, and I'm not, again, no complaints. This is a, a fun gig to do. But nonetheless, we all you know, have thoughts about our jobs, what could be better, what people may not recognize, to have everything unfold in like a 24-hour period in that way in front of all the colleagues and all the bosses was, was very, very comical and kicked off what was a pretty busy week with the commanders at the Combine. And I'm going to share with you guys throughout the show what I what I heard, what I think, both about the, the current team, the roster, as well as some uh, free agents, some draft thoughts. And we'll talk also about the league overall. Um, speaking of my guests, at 9.30, Jeff Zrebeck, my colleague at The Athletic who covers the Ravens, will join us. We'll talk about Lamar Jackson because from the player standpoint, he was probably the newsiest. Lamar Jackson slash the Ravens were probably the newsiest team at the Combine. And look, I... Part of the conversation was, well, if he gets traded, where would he go? Could he be here? We'll discuss that with Jeff at 9.30. 10 o'clock, jump away from the NFL for a few minutes to talk about the Wizards with Ava Wallace from the Washington Post. Um, there's there's different levels of good in the NBA, but the Wizards might actually be, the, be at least decently good. What's the deal with that? Where can this go? Uh, we'll talk to Ava about that. At 11 o'clock, my colleague on the Commanders beat Nikki Jabala with the Washington Post will join us. She was also in Indianapolis. We'll get her thoughts on everything that transpired there, as well as what are the next steps here with free agency looming. Uh, There's still a a coaching hire to be made at the wide receiver position, so we'll get into all that for sure. And then 11.30, Nick Baumgartner, also from The Athletic, joins us. He's one of our draft analysts. I presume he's still in Indianapolis. He'll give us his thoughts on the risers, the fallers, the the, the buzz that is trans, uh, transpiring in Indianapolis. So we've got a lot to get to. Kind of hope none of the bosses are, are listening to this show. I don't, you know, I, I'm done with the, they don't need to hear me anymore. They heard me enough. 
Plus, if I keep talking about how crazy this is, something else will happen while I'm on the show, and that will be all kinds of problems. So we'll get to all that, and upcoming up next, I'm going to tell you what I think was the most interesting thing I learned at the NFL Combine. We'll do that next here on 106.7 The Fan. All right, welcome back to 106.7 The Fan. Ben Standing here with you until noon. I forgot to say in my intro that, of course, I need your help today. I need you to call in. Talk to me, share your thoughts on the commanders, the NFL draft, whatever is on your mind in the world of sports at 800-636-1067, 800-636-1067. You can also hit me up on Twitter at Ben Standig. Give me your thoughts there as well, and I will discuss on the show. In addition to that, look, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not the person to talk about the Nats, but you know who is? Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler, and they will be talking about the Nats and taking your calls live from spring training. Uh, plus, they'll be joined by special guest Cade Cavalli. Listen on listen tomorrow night, Sunday night at six o'clock on 106.7 The Fan and on the Odyssey app. Uh, as I said at uh, 9:30, Jeff Zreback, my colleague at the Athletic, will join me to discuss. What is happening with Lamar Jackson and what are the potential ramifications around the league? Um, I said at the at the last break, I'll tell you the most interesting thing I learned at the Combine. I, I guess interesting is all relative, and I was trying to think to myself, what is interesting? And, and of course, my brain goes to the commanders. Look, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't think this was like a particularly newsy Combine as far as the commanders go. On the field, let's be clear about that. On the field, I didn't even mention before my rundown of all that happened that we would later in the week get the results of this survey from the NFLPA. They surveyed the players about their individual teams, and let's just say that the Commanders didn't exactly get high marks on that. We'll talk about that later. And the Commanders finishing last among the thirty-two teams in uh, in this survey. And there was, of course, some interesting notes from around the league. But from a local perspective, we'll talk about the Sam Howell aspect of this later. That, to me, wasn't particularly new by any stretch, but that he will be uh, QB1 entering the offseason, but simultaneously is not definitively the week one starter. But we'll talk about that. I think that's from the local perspective. I have been saying that I think if I'm going to look at the commander's roster and think they're going to make some cap cuts, Bobby McCain was on the list for sure. When you're when you're now down to being like the the third or fourth safety or the third or the third or fourth cornerback, a five a five plus million dollar cap hits a bit much. So releasing him, I kind of got. But if I had said prior to that, who do I think would be the most likely cap cut from the perspective of the Commanders? You know, saving money towards the cap and all that, I probably would have said tight end Logan Thomas. Now, I think Logan Thomas has real value for this team. As a locker room presence, as an adult in the room, he is that guy. Uh, I think he's a tremendous uh, person in that regard. And on the field, we saw what he did in 2020, right? We saw that he was such a viable threat for them. But then he gets hurt early the next year. He later gets a season-ending knee injury in December. He he makes it back on time for the start of for, for some training camp and the start of the season, but he's not quite there, right? I mean, you could tell the rust was there. And now this year he's gonna have a cap hit of eight point 
six, seven, five million. But if they release him, they get some pretty good savings. He's only got a dead cap of three point five million. So I kind of thought that's over five million in savings. That may be a way to go. They've got some young tight ends they like. You can add more. But both Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew really talked up the idea of Logan Thomas. It's always possible they're just saying words to form sentences, and later they decide, hey, we're going to have to make a move. But they made it sound like Logan Thomas is going to be part of the plan going forward. And there's a reason why I think this is even more interesting when it when it comes to Dan Snyder, the perhaps the tightening of the budget this offseason, about why keeping Logan Thomas, even with a larger cap hit, can kind of make sense. But for the moment, just the idea that he was there, part of their plans, I think did to me stand out because you're trying to figure out what are the pieces that Sam Howell's going to have to work with. Having a, a good tight end is helpful. He's a bread zone threat. I'll get in a locker room guy, but at the same point, thought that would be a place to get some cap savings. At the moment, it doesn't appear to be that way, but I will explain later why I think that is notable. Right now, though, Andre in Manassas has taken my uh, taken my call for help to, to help uh, get me through these uh, next three hours. Uh, he wants to talk about the combine. Let's do it. You can call in as well, 800-636-1067. Andre in Manassas, how are you? Thanks for calling in. I'm doing well, man. I'm not 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 necessarily talking about the combine, but just basically everything that's happened over the last you know couple of months with on the team and you know the the survey that came out about how you know, crappy the facilities are and you're just looking at everything in terms of how high the ticket prices are, parking concessions. Kind of correct me, man. I know it's relative, but that's not as broke. I mean, I think he's one of the few NFL owners where the only game in town where the only revenue stream he has is the team. Whereas, you know, some of these other owners, you know, they got Home Depot plus the football team. Almost as if the football team is uh, is a hobby for them. Whereas at Snyder, this is the only thing he has. And it, everything is coming, I think, full circle. He, he doesn't have – and I know he's spending big money on a house and a yacht, but at the end of the day – this is all he has. It, it seems like he's broke. This fifty-five million dollars thing, and again, relative. When I say broke, I mean relative. Right. Um, it just seems like this man does not have the money, and you know, I, I would I would argue shame on the on the NFL, and I guess Paul Tagliabue and those guys back in the day who sold this um, entity to him because he he yeah maybe he came up with the money, but he didn't have anything in reserves, and you know, all this trying to build these teams of offensive players to sell tickets to get get people. At, because he doesn't have, he doesn't have that much money. So I do think he's going to have to sell the team. I think he has to. Um, it's it's been a losing situation from a long time. He, he can't really make ends meet. You can see it by the survey. I think at the end of the day, the team's going to be sold. So I think every all this stuff about, you know, you know, I, they need to identify me. They need to do this. All this. I think it's just you know he's. Yeah, he, he's desperate. He's trying his best, but I think he knows he has to sell the team. The team is going to get sold, and you know we'll be having a parade. I think this year when he leaves the city. Well, Andre, I, I appreciate the thought and the call. And look, I think you're, I think you're, 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 you're spot on there in a couple of different ways. Obviously, right when we're talking about somebody with that kind of wealth who owns an NFL team and has all the the the, the toys that he seems to have, broke or, or not having a lot of money is, is certainly relative. But I think. Going back to the start of this um, Dan Snyder, the, you know, where it started with all the, back in 2020 with the reports of the um, office environment, the harassment taking place for many years 
out in, in Ashburn that people, I think, were waiting for some sort of smoking gun in that regard to take Dan Snyder down. And I think that's where a lot of the focus was. That's where, like, you know, waiting for Congress to have something, the Beth Wilkinson report. All these types of things waiting. But I think ultimately what we're kind of learning more and more, and I think the Washington Post story about the secret loan, or sorry, the ESPN story about the secret loan, was it was really shined a light on the money aspect. That that is ultimately where, where he may have to just sell simply because he doesn't have, he, he he's, he's built up too much debt. He needs to get a cash flow in here. That's why I think under other circumstances, if he wasn't, if he wasn't such a negative owner, that selling for the 40% shares that he bought from his minority partners to somebody else would potentially be the way to go. Get some cash flow while still keeping the team. But that doesn't seem where we're at, right? Obviously, I think the NFL would prefer for Dan Snyder to go. But also when we talk about the facilities, right? I think anybody realistically understands what's going on there. Whenever they build a new stadium a new practice facility will will come with it as well. So there's no point in tearing up the current one until this gets dealt with. It should have been maybe dealt with 15 years ago, but it is what it is. But in terms of the, the dealing with the team, if you said to me right now, are they going to sign any single player to a contract of $10 million or more dollars this year, especially for more than one year? I'd probably say no. Like we know they've given Deron Payne the tag, 18.97. Uh, million, but that's you don't have to put that money into escrow. You can just pay it out over the course of the year. Any money with any contracts with guaranteed money for big money, you're gonna have to deal with immediately. That does not seem like something that's in Dan Snyder's uh, mo right now. So all these things do come into play. I do think it's going to affect their their offseason plans this year. But you're right, the money is where it seems like the rubber's gonna hit the road ultimately with him and why this idea of him selling seems to be more valid than just the idea, the, the hope that it would happen, which I think people have had over the last you know decade or more. Um, we're going to talk more about the Commanders, though, throughout the show. Up next, what is going on with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore? And I don't know, could it mean maybe, sort of, possible, that he's on the trade market and Washington gets involved? I probably just told you why they probably won't. But what do I know? We'll see what Jeff knows. He knows a lot. We'll talk about that next here on 106.7 The Fan. All right, welcome back to 106.7 The Fan. Ben Standing here with you until noon. We'll talk some Wizards at 10 o'clock and get into plenty of more Commanders and the NFL Combine throughout the show. But we're going to spin things away from Ashburn up I-95 to talk a little bit about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens with my guy from the Athletic, Jeff Zrebeck, who joins us on the BetQL guest hotline Sports betting has come to Maryland. Don't place that first bet without checking with BetQL. BetQL analyzes every game to find you the most profitable betting opportunities. Get three free days of BetQL access by downloading the BetQL app or visiting BetQL.com. When when it comes to talking about the Ravens, there's no gambling here with my first guest because he knows exactly what's going on with, uh, I would say, what was the biggest story at the Combine in a football sense, not the craziness I'm dealing with, but like actual football. Jeff's Rebeck uh, had that story all weekend. Uh, have you recovered yet from the combine slash uh, running around figuring out what's going on with Lamar and the Ravens? <laughs> I don't know. I, I just good morning, Ben. I, it's just you know this has been going on for a while. 
I mean, obviously you're no stranger to situations that uh, never seem to get settled and seem to be something new every day. So, uh, you know, this is a big week for the Lamar Jackson front. Um, you know, as we all know, deadlines kind of spur compromise and they're, you know, quickly getting up to that Tuesday franchise tag deadline. I think the Ravens will take one more shot at trying to get deal done before Tuesday, but, you know, it's fair to be skeptical. I mean, this is a situation that's gone on for a couple of years now and they haven't been able to really find compromise. So uh, you wonder what's another 48 hours, 72 hours going to do. Uh, we shall see, but yeah, it just seems like this, this situation's had a hold on the franchise now for a couple of years. And uh, it's kind of been a black cloud lately, just their inability to get the deal done and find any sort of compromise with their franchise quarterback. You know, it, it's such an interesting story, you know, just purely from the sense of here's, you know, one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. And you would think if you get a guy like this, this is the type of person you want to keep in your, in, in the fold, but you know, the Ravens may have a, a struggle to do that. But what's so interesting is because Lamar Jackson does not have an agent, it is very difficult to figure out what exactly is he thinking. He only talks to you guys, right. When he's, when he sort of has to at, at some media availabilities and, you know, maybe he'll have the occasional burst on Twitter, but for the most part, you don't quite know what what's going on there. And and just kind of share with everybody how much of a challenge that is as a reporter trying to figure out what's happening, and then also just the narrative overall for for people to understand what's happening. Yeah, you know, um, it, it works both ways too. Look, there, there's not much, if any, information that's coming out of his side or has come out of his side, even when. We had a regular availability with Lamar. Um, he, you know, didn't exactly answer questions about it. He just would, you know, be very short about his answers about his contract. And then you got the Ravens' perspective. And, you know, they've been walking on eggshells with this for, for a couple of years now because they're negotiating directly with their quarterback. And they don't want to leak stuff or to kind of say certain things that – uh, through the media when they answer questions that may, you know, just add a, a, an element of difficulty um, to already delicate negotiations that may offend their quarterback, that may offend the quarterback's small inner circle, which is very protective of the quarterback. So all those things just leads to not a whole lot of information getting out and you kind of having a question when something does get out What's the motives? And then you go into further into it, Ben, and it's, you know, there's some things Lamar Jackson has said on this, and I'm not saying he hasn't told the truth. I want to be clear on that. I'm not accusing him of that. But he's either been noncommittal about different things in public. Like he first of all said that the Deshaun Watson deal, he's Lamar Jackson. He's not worried about the Deshaun Watson deal. Well, uh, all things uh, – you know, all indications are over the last uh, year or so, he's very much wants the Deshaun Watson deal plus. And, uh, you know, he's talked about different things. And, and uh, you know, I don't think he's given us a true sense of what means the most to him in negotiations, what means what he wants the most. And that sort of led to some uncertainty here. It's, a, you know, look, I'm not – nobody, no reporter wants to be looked at as a water carrier for the organization they cover – but it is hard when no information's coming out from the player's side 
Um, and, you know, anybody, when you're looking at this, you have to sympathize with the situation general manager Eric DaCosta is in. It's just, it's just so hard to negotiate these high-level contracts to begin with uh, but when you have no agents in the mix and you're or you're communicating directly with the face of your franchise who wants an, a you know a, a landmark uh, top market quarterback deal, it just adds to the challenge. I mean, it's been a huge burden on DaCosta. Um, I imagine they want nothing better to, to get this done or have some resolution here. So we'll see what the next couple of weeks brings because the situation certainly seems to be holding the organization, um, whereas it's going to be tough for them to do anything else until they have some certainty there. We're talking with Ravens insider Jeff Zreback, uh, writes with me for The Athletic. He is at Jeff Zreback on Twitter, Z-R-E-B-I-E-C. Um, all right, so... Uh, yeah, you mentioned the idea that, um, you know, it's a little tough to get information, obviously, from him, and, and, it, and it puts the, the organization in this weird spot. Clearly, the narrative out there is people are all kinds of sympathetic to Lamar Jackson. Pay the man, pay the man, pay the man. But that's why it becomes odd. It's like, yeah, they, I, you know, it sounds like they've, all, they've made him some pretty legitimate offers. It's just that the Deshaun Watson deal... You know, it, it annoyed the whole league because the, the fully guaranteed deals like that are just not just typically don't happen. And now Lamar Jackson either some would say he deserves it, but others might say, well, that's just not realistic where, where things are at here. Uh, I liked your column this week about this where you basically told the Ravens, hey, you guys going to have to speak up and, and share really what's going on from your perspective. Yeah, I, you know, like. There, there is there's a growing perception and you know i think fans and, and sometimes media are they're gonna side with the player you know look right. you know nobody's feeling sorry with the for the billionaire owners these days i i get it but i don't have the exact numbers ben of the offer i do know um from everybody i've talked to that they've offered to make him essentially what would be the second highest paid quarterback in NFL history in terms of, you know, APY, it depends what measure you look at to determine, you know, who do you consider highest paid. But in terms of APY and guarantees, you know, it seems guarantees he'd be right behind, you know, Deshaun Watson, and then maybe APY he'd be behind the 50-plus Aaron Rodgers is making. Um, so that's not being cheap. That, that's a, you know, like – that's not, you know, everyone says pay them in. Okay, that's a lot of money. That's a landmark kind of contract. So it's not that they haven't offered them that. There just hasn't been any, uh, you know, indication that that anything but a fully guaranteed deal, uh, Watson Plus, is going to get it done. And, and then it becomes who blinks first. And the Ravens owner, Steve Bishotti, has been very clear that just because the Browns did it doesn't mean he will. And I think you look at it is, and the Ravens see uh, the Watson deal as a, you know, it's, they don't see that as a, a market center. They don't see that as a, you know, something, a deal that establishes anything. They see that as an outlier. And they'll point to the Russell Wilson and the Kyler Murray deal, which came after. Those aren't fully guaranteed. And, and you know, look, there, there's a sense for the Ravens are, okay, hopefully Joe Burrow signs soon. Hopefully Justin Herbert signs soon. Uh, maybe Jalen Hurts gets done. And if those aren't fully guaranteed deals, it's like, okay, what are we even talking about here? You, you know, he, he's not going to get that fully guaranteed deal. However, 
uh, time isn't really on their side in this matter. I mean, the, the negotiating window, uh, non t- uh, the legal tampering window, as they say, is about nine, ten days away. The franchise uh, window is, expires Tuesday at four. So they can't wait for those things to hopefully trigger a change in what Lamar Jackson wants. Um, and, and that's the problem. Who blinks first? And uh, the Ravens have offered a lot of money, but it hasn't been enough. And, and Lamar has every right to stick to, to what he wants and his beliefs and the idea that he should be higher paid than Deshaun Watson. And, and that, in a nutshell, is why we've had this stalemate uh, for months and months. Um, all right, so let's just – I'm going to ask you in a minute your your ultimate prediction, so get ready for that. But in terms of, like, hypothetically, if it gets to a breaking point where the Ravens say, we've we've offered everything we can, but this is not going anywhere, we're going to trade him. Um, obviously, a lot of teams in the league would say, hey, sign us up. They would surely get a ton back in return. But there's this constant notion around these parts, meaning D.C., about why not get Lamar Jackson. It certainly would have been in Dan Snyder's playbook back in the day when he maybe was a little more aggressive and had a little more money to play with or, or, and so on. I have tried to explain to people why this is never, ever, never, ever, never, ever, never, ever <laughs> going to happen. Because it has nothing to do with whether Dan Snyder would be interested or willing to pay. It has to do with the other side of the aisle. Explain to everybody, because I assume you agree with me, why there's no way, no matter what happens, the Ravens are, would trade him to Washington. Yeah, you know, these are two teams that compete for fans. <laughs> they compete for advertising. They compete for marketing. Uh, they're kind of in battle. You know, there's the battleground counties here, uh, one of which Howard County that I live in. Um, you know, to think that Ravens owner Steve Bishotti, who's a shrewd businessman, is going to hand over, you know, his geographical, geography rival, for lack of better expression, you know, a franchise quarterback and what that would mean for Ravens fans to have to watch Lamar performing and, and potentially lifting kind of a, a team in that area. I, I just don't see it. I, I really don't. I mean, I guess it comes to a point where if you're the Ravens and Washington would somehow have the best offer, uh, trade offer, and also a willingness to pay Jackson, uh, a five-year, $250 million fully guaranteed type deal, which, which is what he's looking for, then if there's no one else, I, I guess you have to consider it. But um, I, I do think if the Ravens trade him, they'd prefer he gets – they obviously would want him in the NFC. But, uh, you know, in your neighboring, uh, you know, area here, I just – I mean, I just don't see that. I, I, I just don't – I can't see that happening from a business perspective, that would obviously not be a very wise move. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, you said it. I, I just – you know, when I look at potential suitors for Lamar Jackson, Washington's really not one that I've spent a whole lot of time on just because I just can't see that uh, the Ravens showing any willingness to move him, uh, you, you know, to kind of a, a team right in their area, which would serve as a constant reminder of kind of the, you know, the franchise quarterback that they let get away. Yeah, I mean, in this day and age, you know, kids don't root for sports differently than you and I did growing up. They often seem to root for individual players more than teams yeah. on some level. And Lamar Jackson, every time they have one of these surveys, who's the most popular athlete you know, in the state or most popular NFL player, Lamar wins Maryland, which we get. He also wins Virginia a lot. So you can't, yeah. you can't give that to them down the line. Not to mention, I, don't, I just don't think Dan Snyder is even remotely in that game right now. 
Um, all right, last thing for Jeff's Reback, Ravens Insider for the Athletic. What's going to happen? Give give us the crystal ball. What's your best guess? Do we, is there going to get a long-term deal? Is he going to get the tag? Would he play on the tag? There's a lot to dissect here. Give us your best guess. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been all, all on both sides of the map on this. Uh, some serious fence-sitting going on, Ben, and, and, and I don't want to be in that spot. But it's really – there's just been no compromise from either side. But I'm also highly skeptical – that there's going to be a number of teams willing to give that kind of contract that we think while that it's going to take to sign Lamar Jackson while also forking over four or five premium draft picks. You know, you're probably talking at least two number ones, if not three, and a couple second day two picks sprinkled in, maybe even a player. I mean, he's, you know, he was a, he's a 26-year-old former unanimous MVP, still in the prime of his career, and the, and the Ravens don't have a plan B there. So they, they need a lot of draft capital, basically, to make up for trading that piece. I think he's going to get tagged Tuesday. Um, I think if the Ravens can find that offer and they can quickly, a team can quickly negotiate that deal, I absolutely think they'd be open and willing to move him at this point. I just think this kind of is a situation that's hovered over the franchise and there's been little kind of breaks on it, which leads them to believe that this is going to end. Uh, well that they're going to be able to get this deal done so they would absolutely consider moving them i just am not sure that combination of of draft capital um and uh you know and and um the contract for lamar is going to be available so i'm going to say they tag him tuesday and they hold on to him and at some point there's some give there and they figure out a way to make this work and get this done and he's on the ravens but ben you know, I can be negative at times, but I sure as heck don't feel good about about a prediction here just because it's just been all over the map for the two sides. There's been a lot of frustration involving both sides. So it's going to take it's going to take some serious movement here over the next three, four days uh, for them to work this out with him staying on a long term deal. All right, uh, that is uh, Jeff Zreback, fantastic writer for The Athletic, a, a, a Ravens uh, savant when it comes to this team, and a guy who will uh, go out of his way to get his kid uh, presents from his road trips. Uh, my guy, <laughs> appreciate it for the for the time. Good luck this week, and and whatever however long this goes for, uh, hang in there and eventually it'll get resolved in theory. Uh, hey, good, good luck. Thanks for the time, man. Thanks, man. Have a great weekend. You too. All right, that was Jeff Zreback. Uh, does a great job covering the Ravens for the Athletic, and it was fun. To, Jeff and I hung out a lot at, in Indianapolis, and it was fun to watch somebody else uh, kind of have to uh, deal with the news of the day. But that one's real important NFL news. What happens with Lamar? Can the Ravens keep him? Does he does he actually make it to the open market or in the trade market? I should say we will see. All right, we've got plenty more to discuss. We'll talk Wizards at. 10 and we'll talk more about what I learned from the commander about the commanders at the combine here on 1067 the fan all right uh Ben standing here with you till noon we're gonna uh talk more about the commanders in the next hour and I want your calls at 800-636-1067 plus we'll talk wizards at 10 with Ava Wallace but right now before we go to break Mitch in New Jersey wants to talk about the commanders Mitch you're on 106.7 The Fan. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I'm Ben. Um, 
I agree. Uh, Ramsey crazy let him go. This is all because of Watson. The Browns don't know what to do. A guy that was going to get suspended, giving his guarantee money. I mean, he has to make plays like gels. And somebody making 10 times more money, guarantee, and, and, you, and you're living from paycheck or year to year. But I'd rather see the Washington. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Sam Howell. Would they draft Maya at first? And alignment, and then if Hernan Hooker's there in the fourth round, I loved him in college. But one more thing, if Anthony Richardson, they're raving about this guy, and they say he, uh, Bryce Young could fit into him, he's like 6'4, 244. If he's here at 16, would Washington draft him? Because I think, I, I think he's got better tools than um, the two quarterbacks I just uh, brought up, Sam Howell and um, Bryce Young. What do you think? And thanks for taking my call. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. We'll talk more about this when we get to uh, some Sam Howe thoughts uh, later on in the show. I would just say if a guy like Anthony Richardson is viewed as, if, if he comes out of this combine as the hot guy, he won't be even close to being available at 16. And if he's not viewed as some huge prospect that everybody wants to invest in, then I'm not sure it would make sense for Washington to, to take him considering that they don't have time to wait with this coach. This coaching staff doesn't have time to wait on a prospect. They need some immediate help based on their own circumstances with new ownership coming in. They need a winning record. I don't think you can just take a guy and redshirt him when you. this could be your last year. So I, I don't see how Richardson makes it to Washington one way or the other. But obviously they've got to do, They've got to get another quarterback or two on the roster for sure. We'll talk about how that can happen. Um, we'll talk about the Wizards and if they're actually happening here. And we'll talk more about the Commanders in the next hour. You're on 1067 The Fan. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.